we used to have this um, old cast iron tub that I had sitting on cinder blocks. And we would, I would build a fire. I'd fill it with water and then build a fire under it like a cauldron. (laughs) And we'd bathe in that. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was great. Like in the wintertime, it's just freezing outside, but it's like you're in a hot tub, you know? Welcome to the Off-Grid Outpost Podcast, where we discuss the journey to real liberty through self-sufficiency, counter-economics, non-aggression, and the agora. The Outpost represents the border between societal norm and the pioneer spirit. Every episode contains practical, philosophical, and technical information you can use to gain the freedom you deserve. Welcome, everyone, to the Off-Grid Outpost Podcast. I am your host, Regina, and I am here with my co-host, Cyrus. Hello. And today we are talking about converting a shed into a cabin, a.k.a. tiny home. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this idea. That's really gaining popularity in the past few years. I mean, people have done it for a long time, but it's gained more popularity in the last, I don't know, five or ten years. Well, alternative housing is gaining extreme popularity. Mm-hmm. McMansions are out. Cookie-cutter neighborhoods. The suburbs. All that stuff is kind of taken a back seat as everything just gets astronomically expensive and, and craziness pursues in our world. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. and there are just, there are so many advantages to doing a shed to cabin conversions. Yeah, so this week is we're going to do a cuz this is an off-grid topic. I consider it an off-grid topic and this week we're going to do two consecutive off-grid topic episodes. As last week we had a special election episode. So if you're into the off-grid stuff, that's what we're focusing on uh this Tuesday and Friday. We'll let all the voting presidential craziness just go on its way it's just gonna keep going on so let's just get off grid so we don't have to worry about it (laughs) right so there are different types of uh shed to cabin conversions essentially what what do you mean by shed to cabin what is the overall vision of a shed to cabin conversion so a, a shed is typically just uh a dried in what they call a shell. So there's no plumbing, there's no electrical, there's no insulation or sheetrock or anything. It's just dried in from the weather and that's it. And you know, that's all it needs to be a shed Mm because all you're doing is keeping whatever tools or storing stuff in or whatever. But when you convert it to a cabin, now you've got to add your electrical and plumbing and sheetrock and insulation and all that stuff. So that's all it is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can you can do it yourself. So you can build the shed yourself and then convert it. and uh, Or you can have it built on site by a professional. Or you can buy a pre-built shed and have it moved on site. And each of those ways have their advantages and disadvantages. And right. so... Well, and I've been looking at sheds... As you all know, we just bought a 20-acre property off the cuff. 
it really kind of fell in our laps. Everything about it just perfectly aligned into our lives. And we've been looking at pre-built sheds and there's really nice ones. Yeah. Really nice ones that look like tiny homes. Yeah. The shed companies that are building them have noticed the move to the tiny home space. And so they're shifting their market to accommodate that. So they're making them prettier, fancier, putting little porches on them, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely moving towards uh, the decorative side, trim and uh, somehow flower boxes. Everything's detailed out. Some of them look like little barns. Some of them actually look like little cabins. Right. But they're not quite cabins. They're still sheds in the guise mm-hmm. of a nice uh, living structure. So you're already halfway there with the exterior. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the advantage of a pre-built or built on site. And that's time. Because when you order one to be built on site, the people that build them on site, they do it every day, all day. And they can build a shed. If it's on the small side, they can do it in like five hours. And if it's a big one, it might take them two days. So within mm-hmm. two days, you've got a structure that's dried in from the elements and you could actually live in it. Just it's more like camping, but you're out of the elements. Yeah. And the Which pre-built is, you ones. Know, the foundation yeah. of survival is to get out of the elements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the pre-built ones are, they're just moved on site. They're built somewhere else and big truck just brings it out there. Yeah, which is really cool because you can go to your local shed guy and take a look at all these pre-built cabins. Oh, I like that one. Or not cabin, but shed. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Semi comes in, plops it on the property, and you're done, more or less. Yeah. So I just thought we might talk about the advantages and disadvantages of each of those three. The DIY, the BOI, or uh, BOS, built on site. BOS, built on site, yep. And uh, pre-built. Yeah, let's go through it. Yeah. So, on the DIY side, the advantages are, one, that's the least expensive way to do it. So, if, if budget is your main concern, the cheapest way to go is to do it yourself. Now, I'm going to add a little caveat to that because right now, you know, at the time of this recording... Lumber prices are crazy, stupid, expensive. And so... Oh, my goodness. Building materials are outrageous right now. Well, I was talking to a guy at our lumber store about how extreme the prices are on everything. Not just lumber, but especially lumber. And he was saying because of the California fires, the Colorado fires, all these fires everywhere, and then the Rona and the disruption to the supply chain and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. is increasing our prices drastically. And I also think there's definitely inflation involved as Mm -hmm. well from this extreme money printing that's been going on in our extreme debt load. So it's just not a good time for building materials as far as pricing goes, but I don't know if they'll ever come back down. They might just keep skyrocketing. I really can't tell. I I suspect they'll, um, they'll come back down and normalize after a while. Because whether the whether the cerveza sickness is here to stay or not, 
supply chains and all of that will find ways to get around this they'll problem. Adapt. Yeah, so eventually they'll come back down. Who knows when? I think they'll I think they'll normalize at higher highs though. Oh yeah. I don't think they're going to come back down to where they were. That's just due to sheer inflation of our money system collapsing it appears. <laughs> it appears to be possibly collapsing. Uh, but that's, you know, right. a whole other story. Yeah. Six months ago, I could buy two by four for under two bucks. I don't think we'll ever get to that price again. What are they going for now? Uh, seven after taxes. Seven. So, so from two. $7. So you bought a two, what'd you call it? A two by four? Like two by four by eight foot long. They were under $2. Yeah. Okay. Uh, back in April. And how long ago was that? April. April. Mm-hmm. Wow. So in six months, it's inflated three, three times the price it was in April. Yeah. Uh, well, more than three wow. X now. So it, the, that's crazy. It that looks is like to me. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It looks like to me that, and I'm in the lumber yards all the time because of just being a handyman. It's the dimensional lumber that has been hit hardest. And that's your two by fours, two yeah. by sixes, two by eights and all of that. And then what's called mm-hmm. OSB plywood, which is used in roofing and wall sheathing and things like that. It's just half inch wafer board plywood. Uh, back in April, mm-hmm. I could get a, I could get one for ten dollars, and they're now twenty six dollars. Mm-hmm. That's outrageous! Right, two hundred and fifty percent price increase in six months. Yeah, I don't think those. Those levels can't sustain, but they're definitely not going back to where they were. Right. Yeah, I agree. Or maybe they can. Maybe they can sustain. I don't know. We're living in some crazy times, folks, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Right. So the DIY method isn't going to be the cheapest unless you're salvaging materials, which you can salvage everything you need to build a shed. I did it when I built our little shed. Um, well, the only thing I bought was I bought some two by sixes to, cause I built my own door out of two by sixes. That was the only thing I purchased. Mm-hmm. So, um, you wow. can salvage everything you need to build a shed. Now it takes longer doing it that way. So time is not on your side. Um, yeah. Yeah. We need to discuss salvaging strategies and techniques because, I'm having a hard time down in this area. It doesn't seem to be. The salvaging aspect is a little more difficult down here, I think. So depending on your location. Yeah, that's very probably dependent true. on what you can salvage. That's probably mm-hmm. true. We'll reserve that for another episode. So yeah, DIY, DIY shed. You can build it to your own specs as well. Right. So it's, you know, you get full customization. You get to build it however you want. That's an advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, again, tied into budget, you can build it as you can afford it. You know, you don't have to go out and buy all the materials you need today to build your shed tomorrow. You can buy some this week, buy some next week, buy some the week, you know. So that's an advantage. You don't have to have all the money right when you start. Now, with that being said, you do want to be cognizant of how long it'll take you because if it takes you a year 
that means all this material is getting rained on and snowed on and all of that, which is a problem. Yeah. So. Exposed to the elements. Mm-hmm. And it can be... Yeah. It's a very rewarding experience to build your own house. You know, the the place that you live, if you put it together with your own hands, that's there's a value in that that you don't get, you, you know. Yeah. By, yeah, it does feel good. Yeah, for sure. And basically the disadvantage of a DIY shed build is it's going to take longer and cost more than you think it will. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that goes for anything. Built. Yeah, especially if you are not somebody who does construction every day. Like you're going to, yeah. when you're planning the materials that you buy, you're going to miss stuff. So when you do your budget about how much this shed is going to cost to build, you might as well just add 25% to your whatever you think it's going to build because it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost more. And you're not going to be able to do it it's as true. quickly as you think. Yeah, and, and especially when you start adding in tools. If you start off and you don't have the tools you need. Right. There are some huge expenses right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the idea about one of the other disadvantages for the DIYs, it can be pretty nerve-wracking if you're not used to construction on a regular basis. You're just going to run into problems. You're going to run into uh, just little things that somebody that does this every day, all day, they know all the little tricks. And so... Exactly. You know, just keep that in mind. You're going to run into little things that throw you for a loop, and you just get through it and go to the next step. Yeah, you might muddle through it a little bit. Yeah. But you can do it. I believe in you. Right. Built on site sheds, they have their own advantages too. So they're a little bit more customizable than the pre builts. Usually, the pre builts have the least customizable features. But when someone, when you go to order one from somebody and they're going to come out to your place to build it, you get the chances to say, I'd like a window here or I'd like a window there. You get more customization. And that's uh, true. Yeah. And the biggest one is, again, the time. It just, it goes up right away. And you're, you've got a structure that's in the dry and protected from the elements two days or less. And most of the time, say for, like if you bought one that was 12 by 20, they're going to build that in one day. So yeah, they go up really quick. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. And it's good for the budget in the sense that you know exactly what you're going to pay to get that dried in shell. Because mm-hmm. the company that builds them, they do it all day, every day. They know exactly what every every board they need. And so there's no... Oh, shoot, I forgot this. It's going to cost a little bit more. And if it does, that's on them. That's on them if they yeah. buy some. <laughs> right. Cause you are, yeah, that's right, because you already agreed to a specific price. So, Right. And, well, and you can build in places where a pre-built shed wouldn't normally be delivered, too. So if you exactly. have an area that's heavily wooded or you have a, a nook somewhere on your property, they can build in there. Right. Because you can get all the materials on there and build it up. Right. Like where I am, Yeah. you're not delivering a shed to my place. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're on a pretty crazy uh, hillside, aren't you? Yeah. It's 
not only is it really wooded and you just wouldn't be able to get a truck that's big enough to deliver the shed, you wouldn't be able to get it down to where I want it. But yeah, it's also on a hill, which, you know, the hill can be, uh, that's not necessarily a problem because when you have one delivered, typically you're responsible for setting up whatever it's going to set on, whether it's cinder blocks and and all of that, they will. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about the foundation situation. Yeah, so if you want them to do it, you know. all they're going to do is stack cinder blocks on the ground and level it. That's if you have them do it. But if you're going to live in yeah. a shed that, you know, you want to dig piers, pour some concrete piers to set blocks on or or posts or whatever you use to level it, you want you want it to be peered into the ground, and they're not going to do that for you. So. Yeah, you're going to have to take care of your own foundational situation. Mm -hmm. That's what I figured. I just want I wasn't 100% sure on that, but that makes sense. Yeah, and they may have a foundation service for X amount of dollars. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, more likely, it would be, hey, I know this. You know, here's a guy you can call that'll do yeah. it. Yeah. It, it would be more likely that kind of situation if you couldn't do it yourself or didn't want to. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and a, a lot of those places, and this goes for the built-on site and the pre-built, a lot of times they'll offer financing or rent-to-own situations. You know, if, if that interests mm -hmm. you, that's a possibility. So, Well, what are we looking at for pricing for these built-on site sheds? Do you know? I haven't. Have you looked into any pricing? It's been a few years since I looked at them, and so I'm sure it's more now. But back when I was looking, like you could get a ten by twelve for like eighty nine dollars a month. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's reasonable. Yeah, and they were typically on like a five year finance kind of thing. If I if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, I've been looking at the pre built sheds, and you go anywhere from probably starting. 2500 out the door all the way up to you know eight grand mm -hmm. like a 12 by 20 you're going into the eight grand zone mm -hmm. 10 by 16 is probably like five and then you know if you have a loft if you have a porch if you have multiple windows you know that's x y and z changes the price but you can expect anywhere from 2500 all the way up to 10 i'd say mm, yeah on these uh and even higher, too, because there's, like Home Depot offers a service where they do uh, built-on-site sheds. And you can get, mm -hmm. like, a, a two-story cabin style. And that that's up, uh, like, around $15,000. But it's pretty big. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like 24 by 24 with the upstairs. So, But that's still really cheap when you consider... Yeah, you can scale up. Mm-hmm all the way up the chain you can scale up <laughs> mm -hmm. and there are some lumber companies too yeah. like uh sutherland's i think they're somewhat a national chain i'm not sure uh but they sell kits like house kits where mm -hmm. the, they give they sell you all the lumber you need for this particular structure that way you don't have to figure out what all you need and then you build it on site or you pay somebody to build it on site. They deliver all the material for you. 
So that can be handy, too. Yeah, the kids too. are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're handy, if you're handy enough and you have enough help, because it takes probably two to three people to get it set up, the kits are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in between pre-built and DIY. Right. Kind of halfway there. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the walls might be put together to an extent. So it's partially done for you. Yeah, I imagine you probably can find kits delivered with portions already assembled. Yeah, we might have to look into that. Yeah. I think we could pull off a kit. Oh, I'm sure you could, yeah. The disadvantage to built-on-site is that um, it's the most expensive way to go. Like, you'll pay the most money for a built-on-site shed. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then the pre-built... Pre-built sheds. Those are nice because you can literally shop for your shed at the shed store, walk mm-hmm. in it, check it out, see how it feels, Visualize it out. the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to see it up close and personal, the exact one you're getting. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, basically just drop it off. Yeah. They drop it off and they level it for you or they drop it onto whatever foundation you might already have pre-built for them. And uh, it's a done deal. So definitely the fastest solution. And again, it's just, uh, it's a set budget. So you know exactly what you're paying. There's no missed calculation as far as the finances go. So that's a good thing. That's an advantage. And these pre-built shed companies, they're all over the place. Yeah. Holy moly. You'll definitely find one, even in tiny, tiny towns. Yeah, no matter where you are, you'll there find There are one. pre-built shed businesses everywhere. <laughs> Once you start looking for them, they all kind of start popping out of the woodwork. Right. <laughs> yeah, and a good thing with the pre-built ones, too, is that they, uh, it, since they do their own in-house financing a lot of times, they do their own in-house repos, like if somebody doesn't pay for their shed and it's, you know, they went and dropped it off. They can certainly go and pick it up and they'll repo them and they'll resell those as repos or used. And so you can save some money that way buying them used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- I know here locally, the uh, shed guys, all the competing shed businesses, they post their repos on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, shoot. That makes it so easy. So if you type in, yeah, you don't even have to leave your home. You just type in pre-built shed and Facebook Marketplace and... You'll get all kinds of stuff popping up. Yeah, cool. Pre-built's are also the least customizable because they, uh, you know, they built them on site and are not on site. They built them at their factory or wherever, and so they're already built, you know. Yeah. A lot of those places, they do, they will let you order one instead of buying something that's on their lot, and they'll give you a, a handful of options about windows and things like that, but it's minimal compared to the other the other uh, two ways of building a shed. And you kind of want to have a little bit of construction knowledge or have someone you can ask about construction when you're looking at them, because some of those pre-built ones... They're, uh, they cut some corners, you know, and they build them pretty cheaply sometimes. Yeah, you were telling me about that, um, the, uh, the spacing between oh, yeah, the yeah. beams. The studs, the wall studs. The studs, I mean. Yeah. yeah, the studs, that's what I meant. Yeah, you want to make sure that your wall studs are spaced 16 inches on center 
because a lot of places will space mm-hmm. them 24 inches on center, which is fine for a shed. It's just not fine for a living structure. Yeah, that was a good little tip. Any mm-hmm. other little tips to look out for when purchasing a pre-built? So the flooring, uh, they can cut corners on the cost of the flooring, which the plywood. A shed is fine with half-inch flooring, but a living structure is not. You want at least three-quarter inch flooring mm. put down um, because when you build yep. you know when you build these out as a living structure you've added a whole bunch of weight you know every exactly you your sheetrock your plumbing just everything you've added a ton of weight and so it's got to be built for that and sometimes the floor joists right. on a shed will be 24 inches on center and you want to make sure they're 16 inches on center also yeah those are good tips because you don't think about that when you're you know typically getting a shed i mean you can live light (laughs) yeah (laughs) not put in your internal plumbing and sheetrock and whatnots but you know comfort versus uh survival really Mm -hmm. is what it boils down to sure yeah yeah and what you can afford too and your location maybe you don't mind taking outdoor showers year-round yeah well we did it for quite a while I think it's refreshing. It is. <laughs> yeah. There's something really nice about being naked in the woods bathing. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Mm. It sounds so <laughs> like skinny dipping, you know? lovely. Yeah. Yeah. A freeing feeling. Yeah. I mean, when it's 30 degrees out, yeah, it's a little chilly. Ugh. <laughs> a little yeah. invigorating. We used to have this um, old cast iron tub that I had sitting on cinder blocks and we would, I would build a fire. I'd fill it with water and then build a fire under it like a cauldron (laughs) and we'd bathe in that. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was great. Like in the winter time, it's just freezing outside, but it's like you're in a hot tub, you know, as long as you're in it. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. The, the, the downside. I'd love to see pictures of that. (laughs) Yeah. The downside of that was. Well, not pictures of you in it, but just pictures of the setup. Oh, you know? oh I misunderstood you. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the downside to that was that building the fire underneath it, the very middle of the tub was just too hot to sit on. So you had to be careful Scorching. where you yeah. put your butt. So you had to lift your butt up. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I've been debating on putting a... I want to do some hot tubs in that way as well just fire powered yeah you definitely ought to do like how do you control the temperature i I want to but how do you control the temperature i mean really well you kind of don't that's the hard part i'd have to figure it out yeah you just don't yeah you just you you don't want to boil yourself well it 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 would be hard to boil yourself anyway i mean it's not easy to get uh, to get water a tub full of water to 100 degrees with fire you know with a well, that's true. Fire underneath it. It's not easy to do, so it, you wouldn't have to worry too much about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Now, I have a little weird fear about that, that I'm in, like, my awesome hot tub under the stars in Arizona, and all of a sudden I start boiling in it. <laughs> You'd be like that's the frog. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like the frog. I'd be falling asleep, and all of a sudden I'm, like, dead. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's probably just not realistic. Yeah. I have unrealistic fears of random things, so... That's one of them. Right. So, yeah, okay, we kind of we? We got off of sheds there for a minute, didn't we? 
But we were talking. Yeah, we were, we're talking, talking about, about naked the- naked bathtubs in the forest. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, we were talking about. Were we talking about advantages or disadvantages of the pre-built? I don't remember. I think we uh, we uh, ran through all our advantages. What are the disadvantages of getting a pre-built shed? Yeah, so obviously they can't be delivered everywhere. You yeah. might be in a location where it's just not an option anyway, and you won't even have to worry about it. Well, they're it. coming in on a semi, right? No, it's not a semi, but it's a big truck. It's like a it's like yeah, a it's two-ton a big truck, truck. Yeah. big flatbed usually. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like a flatbed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to accommodate a large flatbed truck coming on your property. Right. And yeah. then we kind of went over already that they can be made very cheaply. And mm-hmm. you gave some good tips about how to avoid that. But yeah, look at the materials. Yeah. And so it's kind of a middle of the ground uh, budget option. It's more expensive than doing DIY, but it's less expensive than having it built on site. So. Your middle of the road shed building. Although I do question the kits now. I'm I'm really kind of into the the kits where you just get it already in a nice neat package and you put it up yourself. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. I do think just yeah. right now at this particular part in time though, the least expensive way to do it is finding a used shed. If you can find one used that you can buy from a pre built yeah, distributor. Repo. Yeah. Because uh, the yeah, DIY, right. the DIY, unless you're salvaging, it's just not going to be the cheapest right now. Materials are crazy. Mm-hmm. We are definitely figuring that out with a quickness as we are starting our off-grid journey on our property. Mm-hmm. We're having a little bit of sticker shock. You should hear us going through the hardware store, the lumber store. We're like dropping F-bombs everywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just with the sticker shock, so. I really want to try uh, experimenting with building structures out of uh, stone and adobe. Oh, Because yeah. we have a plethora. Yeah, we have all that on our property. We have beautiful river rock in the wash. And we have pretty much the exact uh, ground to make adobe out of. So, I'd like to kind of look into that and we have a ton of mesquite trees and mesquites they're kind of scrubby you don't get big pieces of wood out of them but there is usable there is usable wood off mesquite trees Mm -hmm. we got a couple big ones falling into the wash that i'm thinking we can salvage do you have make some diy lumber yeah do you have any like straight kind of trees where you could get straight lumber because the yeah, we have a few cottonwoods. We have three or four cottonwoods in the wash, but we're going to leave those undisturbed because they're special. Yeah. We're not heavily wooded. Like out on your property, you could probably take out 50 trees and still have 300 left. Yeah, you wouldn't even notice if I took 50, unless I just took them all right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you just cleared one space, but you could probably... Yeah, you have timber for days. We have to be careful with our timber usage but we do have a ton of mesquites though cool but mesquites don't get very big i mean they really don't they don't make really great for timber they're not very great they're more for smoking smoking meats Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could use it to build fence and stuff but they're not hardwood either i don't think so but they sure are pretty on the inside 
They've got like a red wood to them. It's really beautiful, like a blonde and red. Mm-hmm. So you can make really cool things out of mesquite. Right. If woodworking is your thing. but I wanted to go over just some things to consider when you're converting a shed. Okay. Um, so sh- sheds are not built to live in, obviously. And so one of the things you want to make sure you do, the f- one of the first things uh, is caulk everything around all the windows, any mm. doors, the base plates, the uh, the uh, top plates, and, and those are the boards at the bottom and the top of the walls. Uh, okay. Just caulk everything because it's going to need it. Yeah. Because, you know, like when you build a house, uh, you'll put that, you'll, you'll put a vapor barrier down, you'll put, um, you'll envelop the walls on the exterior, and none of that is going to happen with a shed when a shed gets built. And so, caulk everything. Uh, it's not yeah. expensive to do. Caulking is not that expensive. It's just time. It's just going to take you time. And any holes uh, put in the floor or the walls for plumbing or electrical or phone cables or, or whatever... Uh, anytime you make a penetration in the walls or the floor, use the expanding foam and fill those up. Yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, I'm also going to say that expanded foam insulation is the best thing you can do for a shed to cabin application, specifically for the ceiling. And the reason for this is when you build a traditional house, you have an attic that's vented. You'll have ridge vents on the roof or those whirly birds, and you'll have vents in the soffits. And so what that does is create a circulation in the attic. And what that does is dry out any moisture or condensation from humidity. In a shed, typically, you don't have that space. There's no venting between, like, let's say you put sheetrock on the ceiling. You put batted insulation in the roof and then you put your sheetrock directly to the roof rafters and so there's no breathable space so you're going to get a lot of moisture inside that cavity because there's no ventilation it's going to happen because of uh, humidity and condensation Uh, and and so if you use expanded foam insulation especially on the ceiling it fills that entire cavity and doesn't allow that condensation to happen. So it's a pretty big deal if you can, it's a, it's more expensive than regular batted insulation, but if you can afford to do that, it, I promise you it's money well spent, at least in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are really good pro tips. I mean, I never would have thought of this stuff, so that's huge. Mm-hmm. And make sure if you're going to run plumbing and electrical, run all of that after you've installed all your deadwood. And if you're not familiar with what deadwood is, uh, if, if I can describe this well, picture a corner of two framed walls coming together in a corner. And you're mm-hmm. going to put, say, sheetrock on the walls on the inside. There's going to be one side of that corner where there's nothing to nail the sheetrock to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So that board that you have to, that extra board that you have to put in that corner is called dead wood. 
And the manufacturer is not going to put that in because he's building a shed, and in a shed you don't need it. And he can yeah, save. Okay. He saves costs of materials by not putting that in. You'll also have dead wood to put in in the ceilings, depending on what kind of ceiling you want to put in. There's going to be a lot of dead wood to put in places where you will need, when you finish it out, you'll need something to nail to. And so you got to make sure you put all that in before you run your electrical and plumbing because you're drilling holes through all of those studs everywhere to run the electrical and the plumbing. Yeah. So just another little tip to think of if you're, uh, you know, you're finishing it out on the inside yourself or if you're building the shed yourself, you just do all that when you're building it. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought of that. And I, I already mentioned the piers earlier, but be sure and use piers on your foundation, which is just a hole in the ground filled with concrete. There's a lot of different yeah. ways to do it, but make sure your shed is sitting on solid ground. Oh, yeah. You don't want it sinking in after a time and rain and mm -hmm. shifts and things. Yeah, we used a quickcrete to put our fence posts up. That stuff seems pretty good. Oh, yeah. Just easy. Pour it in the hole. Mix it with water. Right. And it sets itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last thing uh, I want to say is that if your plan is to either build a shed or have one moved on site or built on site, and then you're going to move into it and just rough it as you finish out the inside, just know that it's going to take you forever to do that. Forever. It's going to take a long if time. If you're living in the same space that you're building on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be some conflict there. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's going to be a mess. It's uh, it's a real pain in the butt to do it that way. It's the way we've done it. And so, you know, I'm speaking from experience. Like the inside of our cabin is still not finished. I've been working on it for five years or so. But yeah. like, so for example, our loft isn't finished, but that's where we sleep. That's where our dressers are. And so... If I want to finish the walls on the loft, I've got to move all the furniture out of the loft. You know what I mean? It's all in the way. Right. And so yeah. if I want to take a, a day to f finish the walls, I've got a quarter of that day is just moving shit around. I haven't even got started working yet. And so... Yeah, and then you got to move it back, too. And then you got to move it back, right. So just keep that in mind. You almost just need to camp out in a tent. Uh, for a couple of days while you finish it or a week. If you have the weeks. option to not live in it while you finish it, it is without a doubt the better choice. And, you know, right. we did it the way we did it because we didn't have the other option. It was just um, looking back, I probably would have forestalled completion or forestalled the start a little longer and saved the money to buy just an old camper. And yeah. just live in the camp. That's always a good option. Mm -hmm. And then you can turn around and resell that camper when you're done, too. That's right. a nice thing about campers. You can get yourself kind of an old funky one for on the cheap. Mm -hmm. There's always someone going to buy an old funky camper. Always. Right. So looking back, I would have done it that way. But Yeah, that makes sense. So that's... Cool. Well, now I, I kind of want to live in a shed now. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, another option, too, is to 
build a shed and live in it, you don't have to finish it out. It's more like you're living in a, well, my wife called ours the wooden tent because it's like living in a tent while you build whatever structure yeah. you're going to live in too. And then when you're done building the structure yeah, you live true. in, now you've got a storage shed. Yeah, that's a good point. You can just kind of rough it in your rough shed and make it work while you work on your main structure. Yeah. Yeah, all kinds of good ideas. Well, I'd say that probably wraps it up here for our shed to cabin conversion episode. What do you think? Do you have any other little tidbits to add in? That's all I can think of. I think we covered it pretty good. Gave out a lot of good information. I agree. Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please review it on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening on. It helps us get found in the algorithms. You can email us at cyrus at com or regina at com with any questions or comments or even uh, episode... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When someone wants us to cover... Yeah, episode ideas. Episode requests. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead and visit the off, uh, visit theoffgridoutpost.com for more content. We've got free PDFs, eBooks, episode archives, cool stuff. And we appreciate all the support from our listeners as we grow this podcast into something which is a podcast. <laughs> we grow the podcast into a podcast, which is more podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could grow it into a podcast. Or We might be able to grow it into a podcast. Yeah, or we could just stick with a podcast. So, you know, either way. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. Yeah, either way works. I'd like to grow, you know. Growth is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, until next time. Talk to you later. Later. Here's a little teaser for what's coming next week. We always talk about not putting the tinfoil hat on, but it's time to put the tinfoil hat on. Today is tinfoil hat day. Yes. Tinfoil hat Tuesdays. <laughs> Don't worry, it won't be a thing. It might be a thing. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Off-Grid Outpost podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so you can get all the new episodes.